What up, Snapback fam? On this episode, we talk to Paul Rabel, owner and player of the PLL, and some big news announced in the episode, and we're going to do a little fun giveaway. If you're listening to this and you're a big Lax fan, go to Paul Rabel's most recent Instagram post, comment Snapback fam, and tag the Snapback pod, and we will buy one of you lucky fam members a jersey from your favorite team in the PLL, a hat, whatever you guys want. It's giving season. This is just the beginning. Also on this episode, we talk about the NBA power rankings that Jack, yes, that is me, released all over social media. A lot of hate for them, a lot of love as well. We talk Ravens a little at the end, of course, and then we do the People's Parlay. We talk Giannis's contract, and is James Harden fat? Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. He's on. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Bitcoin has hit an all-time high, and we are... 21, 21, 21. 21, 21, 21. I'm going to check the live. It is currently 8.41 p.m. Eastern. I'm logging into Coinbase, and we are at... 21682 22 22 22 on the way 400k by the end of next year maybe we'll just give away a bitcoin i'm so hyped right now just kidding that's a lot of money um but that's what's on my mind so abe what is on your mind today giannis antakabumpidibu <laughs> signed a massive deal five years 228 million dollars and i have a solution to fix the nba this is calling out every small market team in the NBA. I'm talking the Charlotte Hornets. I'm talking the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm talking, I don't know, Utah Magic, Jazz. Yeah. From now on, you your organization should only draft international players. That's it. Because Giannis Antetokounmpo tweeted out after he signed this contract, something along the lines of yada, 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 Milwaukee, this is my city, this is my home, I love you. So here's my thing. If you bring in the international players to these small market shit cities and you convince them that, whoa, this is America and this is the place to be, that's your best chance of keeping them. And what do you so do on the way, like when they're in playing in the garden, you just don't let them leave the hotel like so they don't get to experience New York? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> but point is, like, Giannis is not going to a big market. He's staying in Milwaukee. He wants to live in Wisconsin. God bless him. And I think the only way for the NBA to keep this, because I truly think that Giannis staying in Milwaukee is a great thing for the NBA. People are like, nobody wants to watch a, a, a superstar player in a small market like that. You got it. You got it twisted. People go to watch the small market teams because they have the twist. You don't watch a market. You watch the players right. is what I'm saying. And the fact that Giannis is staying in Milwaukee for five years or four years with an option uh, keeps the league competitive I think it's great that they have a top player in the league in a small market. You don't just have them all over in like LA, Philadelphia and other places, but Giannis. We're trying to slip that in there. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just a little bit. Um, but yeah, 
So small market teams, you should only draft international players going forward. Players to get the Supermax. Giannis, now in the club, six players have signed the Supermax before. Steph Curry won a title. Dame, Harden, Russ, John Wall, which is only... I think think Blake Griffin's in there too. Nah, he didn't sign a Supermax. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, and Giannis is the sixth. Only one player has real I mean only one player's won only one player's been back to the finals or gone to the finals really so dare I say I was thinking it supermax equals running back yep I saw a tweet it said wait till PFF finds out how much the Bucks paid their running back and I was it was hilarious um but there's that I just because I've been doing these NBA 2k rebuilds bro and the second you get like a max max guy like you can can't do anything you can fit the second guy but then that's it like, even a first-round pick you can't have on your team because he's making $8 million. You have to draft well. Yeah, yeah, you have you to draft, draft well. So, what does this mean for the Bucks? I mean, they got their guy. It's awesome. Like, it's funny that you brought up about... You this, know, they should hang a banner. They should hang yeah, a banner. This is amazing. This is because huge. Because if they didn't sign him, the Bucks are going into irrelevancy for the next... Maybe a hundred years. Like, yeah. you're losing the future of the NBA. It is almost crazy. But one of the things you pointed out that I think is funny is like we always talk about they want to go play in Miami. LeBron wants to film movies in L.A. Like Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay his entire career. Like he's lived in Milwaukee. Like, I think football's different. Why? Why? That's different. what I'm bringing up. Why? I think I think I don't, the players' attitudes. Right. You know, they're not they're, divas. They're, they're, they're blue collar. Right. They want to get in each other's faces. Even though Aaron Rodgers just, is the biggest diva and from Cali. From Cali, right? So, I mean. Yeah, it's a, you don't see players switching teams as much in quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. That's my point. All right, so next topic is Jimmy Harden. Uh, did you see any good nicknames on the timeline? I saw a few, but not off the top of my head. Um, I just saw someone tweet, my Maybach music. <laughs> I saw someone tweet that he's a, a cheesesteak away from being the Eagles' right tackle this week. Um. But I'm going to give my future shooting guard the benefit of the doubt that he was caught in a bad angle. Did he put on some weight? Sure. Who hasn't put on weight in Corona? Give the guy a break. Um, But the one image that we have of him going across the court during layup lines in the warm-up, I think that was a bad angle. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because you sent that to me last night, and you were like, this is the guy you want? And I was like, yeah, I saw him in that. But then 20 minutes later, I saw him put it between his legs four times from 35 feet from the hoop and swish it. So he's one of those players like James Harden was never known for him. I'm not saying nobody's known for being a fat piece of shit unless your name's Joel Embiid or Jokic or Jokic. But James Harden was never known to use his athletic ability. It's like James Harden and Kyrie. Which is funny because Harden actually has hops and he's really strong. Right. But he doesn't get like credit for it, maybe. I'm not talking about Kyrie being fat, but I'm talking Kyrie and James Harden on the sense where they don't beat you with their their athleticism, their speed, this, that. They beat you with finesse and their skill level, which is why they're two of the most skilled players of all time. But whoever took that picture of James Harden. Come on. How are you going to do the it's guy tough. like that? Like you're telling me you have you haven't been in a situation where you were looking a little thicker from the right side? Yeah, I mean, I don't get photographed often out of the blue where I'm not really posing or ready, but for Harden, I was having this thought today. Maybe he's the most athletic player in the league cuz to look like that 
Go on. And still give people 40 to go out. The, there was a guy from Rockets Management today who literally said, if we had a day off, he was out. He was Vegas. He was LA. He was Miami. And he was partying. And then he would come back and drop a 40 piece on your head. We win the game. So no one said anything because that was our guy. So for what he looks like, to you wouldn't bet against him scoring 30 every night, right? Like you would rather do... He's going to average 33 points that, this year. That's what I'm saying. So for to look like that, it reminds me of everyone saying Big Ben is like this sick athlete. It's like maybe they're that freaking athletic that he can look like that and still ball out. So That makes me think that I was one of the most athletic teenagers growing up in the entire world. Uh, there, There is a claim to that that can be had. We're not going to discuss that on this <laughs> podcast. We're going to move on to the what the hell... Internet graphic. It was posted by Snapback Sports. It was created by me, myself. These are my power rankings. So the what the hell part is the fact that the number 18 team has the Hawks logo and it says Raptors. That's not on me, fam. That's not on me. That's supposed and to be the Hawks. And number 10, you put an apostrophe I, yeah. in the Sixers. And the Sixers where shouldn't have be. an apostrophe. But let's give some context to why this is what the hell. Uh, Abe responded there's so much wrong with this something along those lines which obviously i knew would be complete like the first i don't even i bet you he didn't look at more than four spots he confirmed the lakers were one which he was like okay he saw the sixers weren't two so that like it would not have mattered it it would not have mattered if i put the all right and i would say anywhere outside the top five maybe six he would have hated the graphic and then i honestly I can't figure out what besides the Sixers at 10 he disliked so much. So let's dive into it right now. You can see this on Snapback Pod on Instagram. Because I actually think it's not that bad. I'm having I'm having trouble with this four and five right here. Boston at four and Miami at five. I, for one, this year am very bearish on the Boston Celtics. I think that the only way that they can be better. Like they keep getting continually better every year. And that's a direct correlation to Jason Tatum and his progression. I think losing Gordon Hayward is a, is a loss. It helped them with shooting and everything, bringing in Jeff Teague. Sure. That can help. They finally signed a center in Tristan Thompson, but that's not giving you much on the offensive side of the um, floor. I think the only way you see the Boston Celtics competing, like to go to the NBA finals this year is if Jason Tatum is a top four MVP candidate, which the way he's been trending, why can't he? I just don't see it happening. So let's discuss that one. So number four signifies number two in the East, second best team, like you said, fighting for conference finals. I also also have trouble with putting the Bucs ahead of the Clippers. Well, okay, we'll talk about that. But first, the Celtics, like you said, Luka, everyone's like, bro, Mavs at 13 is so low. Luka, Luka, Luka. Okay, Jason Tatum took a very similar step. He was right. probably better than Luka Doncic was last year. So there's no reason. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm telling Luka you. Luka Doncic, first, first team All-NBA last year. That's fair. That's Was he really? Yeah. That seems aggressive. Um, he was almost an MVP. I don't think you remember how good Luka was. I remember the recency, but I don't remember him kind of from day one. Regardless, you have Tatum back. I expect him to continue to get better. Jalen Brown. I think people don't realize how hurt Kemba was. Ah, you'll just name the players on the roster. No, to tell you, you know those are gotcha. young guys who improve year over year. I don't think people realize how hurt Kemba was. They brought him in on a big contract. Tom- hurt to start the year this year. Tom- of course. Thompson, like you said, good signing. And then, you know, with Danny Ainge, 
he kind of just did this thing where he he threw darts. He's drafted five or six young guys. You would hope, and this is part of my guesstimation, is that one of those guys, Grant Williams looked really good. Maybe Taco comes out and he's the best player in the league. Who knows? So that's my thought there. Heat at five. I just, I you know we're both not big on the Heat, but it's tough to disrespect a team with continue, continue, I don't continuation, whatever the word would be, who went to the NBA Finals and dropped them below any other Eastern Conference team right now. I would put Brooklyn ahead of them because they have a guy named Kevin Durant on their team. I understand the unknown and why you can't do that and this and that. I said it before and I'll say it again. If there was not an NBA bubble last year and the season went as it was, the Miami Heat wouldn't have sniffed the NBA Finals. They would not have sniffed the NBA Finals. You said it in a group chat with Dean the other day. If Miami is so good... Why isn't the reigning Eastern Conference champions who got whose young players are getting better and progressing, who didn't really lose anybody big, they re-signed Goron, why aren't they the prohibited favorite to come out of the East? Because they're not that good and because that was such an anomaly. Of, not They're not that good. That's not what I mean. I'm talking relative to being in the upper echelon mm-hmm. competing for a championship. They're not one of those teams. But You know what? I hear Miami you. Heat are cuties. No, I uh, they won't win a title unless they make a move for Harden, which I think I would say is 3% of that ranking. But I don't think they're miles behind the Celtics. I don't think they're miles behind the Nets. I really think it's the Bucks, the Celtics, and then and then that grouping in the East. I really do. I really do. I think that's where we differ. I have the Bucks. Yeah. And then the grouping in the East. Okay, that's fine. Miami, but, but my between point Miami, is you don't have the Boston. Nets or the Sixers or Boston miles ahead of the Heat. Maybe the Heat are the fourth one there, but it's the, the slimmest of margins. True or false? It's the slim. Bucks are the best team in the East yeah, because no, they that's are clear. That's clear. But the East is wide open. Any of those teams except for Miami or Boston. <laughs> Philly. Brooklyn, Miami, Boston. We'll keep them in the conversation. Any of any of those four teams have a chance to come out of the East the, this year. So I put the Raptors at 15. Obviously, people could be upset. They're champs two years ago. Then they were pretty competitive, go to game seven in the semis. And 15 would insinuate a six, seven, eight seed. Are you with me on Toronto? You know what? I actually just thought about this. Maybe Toronto's the cutest team that, in the NBA. That's what Because that they're well-coached. They win a lot of regular season games. They'll probably be like last year. What were they? The two seed? They did better than they did without yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. Um, so maybe Toronto is the cutest team in the NBA. Sorry, Eagleson. What did they really do? They brought in Aaron Baines. You got to hope Pascal takes another step, which I think we're kind of at the takes the a step back jump shot is what you need to help. Yeah. He does. He's a, he's a huge, maybe he learns that he has, a, he has a left hand. Right. That That's something to hope for, but I'm just skimming over this list again. Jack, can we just please get this out of the way? I can't fathom the Warriors being ahead of the Sixers. I can't. I can't. Why? What do you mean, why? First off, I can't say they were the worst team in the NBA last year because they didn't have Steph and Clay. Like, they are, the Warriors, in my opinion, are just hopeful this year. Hopeful that. It works-ish. Kelly, all right, how much stock are you putting into Marquise Chris, Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman? Andrew Wiggins. 
Oh, piss off, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, bro. That's a twenty. Sticks. I he sinks at defense, but he's twenty points per game that you're inserting into the lineup on forty-two percent shooting. Okay, like, and he'll on. never be as open at. Look, here's the thing with the Warriors. You know I'm high on them, but how how can I see them being better than? You're just a. It's not that you're high on the Warriors. I think we have to call a spade a spade. You are a Seth Curry, a Steph Curry simp. He is so good, and people <laughs> just don't get. I that, saw, that's no, what bro. It is. I dead ass. I dead ass saw tweets. I dead ass saw tweets this week saying Steph Curry needs to prove himself. Bro, Steph Curry is the greatest player to ever shoot a basketball. He's the best. It's not a conversation. Well, it's not. It's a not. You don't just, bring you up just, Seth Curry you, because no, I'm, no, no, you're free. I'm not going to bring up Seth Curry, but. The way you're talking about Seth's brother, you just said he is the greatest person to ever shoot a basketball. Correct. He is the greatest no, person. He's the greatest shooter. But everyone shoots the ball. Shut LeBron up. shoots Shut the up. ball. He is the best shooter in the history That's all I wanted to of know. the world. Okay? so And not to mention, he's actually pretty good at getting to the hoop. His defense has improved. Defensively, I would be worried. Draymond Green. This is Draymond time. Rest. He plays better when he's not the ninth option on the team. People forget this guy. This guy is a good player. Time. Wait, what did you say in regards to Lonzo Ball last year? Walking triple double, walking yeah, where? Yeah. You just said it's time for time for what, bro? I'm telling you, time for what? You want to? I bet you right now, Draymond Green will have a much better season than Lonzo Ball, and he's going to be the mean? best defensive player on the floor. So you've got Steph, you've got Wiggins, you've got we're comparing, Draymond, we're, com- you've we're got comparing Oubre, the last piece of we're got, comparing the last piece of bread in the loaf and nah, the freezer. The disrespect on Draymond, piece. honestly, has gone too far as well. And everyone, if if Damian Lillard can get that far, with if he can go to a conference finals, I know the West is different now with Kawhi and LeBron, but if he can go to a conference finals with CJ McCollum and and Ennis Cantor. Who else, and Rodney Hood, then Steph Curry, who has owned Damian Lillard. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, it's like he owns 66%, like Brady Manning. It's domination, sweep every time. The Blazers get eaten up by the worst. If Dame can go to a conference finals, then I'm trusting Stephen Curry. The Blazers will finish ahead of the Warriors this year. We'll get into that on the NBA preview when we give our final rankings, but the Blazers will finish ahead of the Warriors this year. The, the team that snuck into the playoffs with a losing record? That team? That, yeah, that team. Right. Like, people forget that they literally had to sneak in to the they got They got better this offseason. Who would they get better with? Robert Covington? They're bringing, ba- bringing back Collins. Nurkic is back full-time. Yeah. Covington is back. Yeah. They got better. So, they, they added – so, time out. They added Robert Covington. And they Zach Collins was out all of last year. No, he wasn't. He missed four games in the bubble at the end. No way. Yeah, he he was playing. And they got rid of no, Whiteside. No, you're lying. Losing Whiteside was... The, bro, what? He was playing. He was playing. I'm positive about it. You want to talk so you're about... You're thinking it? of Nurkic who came no, back. No, no, no. Collins got hurt in the bubble. And then he sat out at the end. And then they were playing random dudes. Um, oh, well, Zach Collins will be sidelined to begin the season. <laughs> nice. Uh, but as for why the Warriors are ahead of the 76ers, because 
not only have they proven that the team works and the style of play works, is like they're built perfectly for the NBA as the Sixers are built completely opposite. And you're just too high on the Sixers, so I got to kind of... Real- no, no, I'm not even going to get into the Sixers. I'll do that. Why I think where we're going to finish in the NBA preview. I won't get into it now. But um, just keep that energy. Will you, will you now, after having discussed the list, admit... It's really not that crazy. Like, there's nothing crazy about it. Um, crazy about it. Let's see. Let me just do like. One all right, last I'll glance. say for crazy, it would have to be a five spot swap that you're like, this is insane that this team's here and this team is not. And if that's five. Knicks at twenty five, I understand your thinking. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. When you get into the 26 to 30 range, yeah. tallest midget, you know what I mean? So it's like the Knicks could finish the fourth worst in the league, but they could have 20 wins. Right. You know what I mean? So you know what? A most That's the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks should be at least 26. On Let's talk list. about the teams from 13 to 21. So you've cluster, got, cluster. You've got the Mavs, Suns, Raptors, Pacers, Wizards, Hawks, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs. So three of those. I have teams. one issue. I think. Okay, what's your issue here? I'm curious. I think we need. Listen, I think they're going to be good and everything, ish. I think we need to pump the brakes on the Suns a little bit. Well, that's why, I I ha- bro. That's the seven seed. I do think they are a playoff team. I really do. You don't think so? I I gotta look through it again, but I think they're a playoff team. But like. Are they ahead of the Pacers, who have been a top four or five team in the East over the last few years? Um, I would, are they ahead I of the, would say ahead of the, the Wizards? Western Conference teams, really. I oh, know so you're a, looking at West versus Yeah, yeah. Because it's tough to – you're right. It is tough to – I mean, I saw Zion had 26-11 and 11 in his first preseason game. Is he going to be like – So, it's funny. Ridiculous. That, it's funny that you're bringing that up, bro. I was looking at it today. I was like, there's no way he wins MVP of the league. But, like – what i know but like bro there's a way zion williamson wins mvp in year two i don't know if anyone's ever done it and no like way. gets there that fast no way why can't he be 30 and 12 every single night and be the and have every highlight play ever why can't he what what would you say was stopping him from doing that being getting on the shots being on the getting f- shots getting shots for brandon ingram Drew Holiday's gone, bro. There's shots to be had. There's young guys there. They won't be good enough, right? They won't. They probably right. won't be. But everyone, 55 to 1 odds that Zion's a freaking stud this year. I've heard of worse bets. Like I have my favorite MVP bet of the year. 23 to 1. Who is it? Dame Dalla. No. Dame Dalla. No. Steph's going to eat him up too much. So you are just a, a Seth Curry's brother, Sam. That's what you are. It, bro, it's just crazy. Steph has to prove himself. All right, hold on. Let me take off my three rings and unanimous MVP jacket real quick. He got a jacket because no one else got a vote. All right, let's talk people's parlay. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't have your fourth pick in front of me. So let's start with that. I've got uh, Seattle and then my two picks. But what was your fourth pick? My bookies, people's parlay, go to mybookie.ig backslash snapback sports. Get yeah, you just totally just gave up my pick. Like, I'm so start with both that. of yours then. Just first pick, first pick, Seattle minus no, five I and a half. I need the other pick. 
So I right, can, but I'm. Okay. You already teased my first right, one, right, so I'm getting ahead. into it. Go ahead. This is shit production. I blame it on Eagles. Um, Seattle minus five and a half, traveling to the nation's capital in, I believe, Landover, Maryland, is where they reside. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, there's this whole thing about Russ traveling east. Apparently, it's a thing. So we're gonna go with that. We're gonna go in with a good way. Fact. You're saying. In a good way. Yeah. We're going to go with the fact that the football team, you know, isn't good. <laughs> uh, I get they're in a race to win the division, but we're not going to play that game. And Alex, like, oh, I can't believe I have to use Alex Smith being on the bench as a reason to prop up my pick. But, like, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, I don't care. The second Markel that, Fultz, the second that Haskins came in, I live bet the Niners. It was just the Niners were so putrid that – they couldn't come back, but Haskins is, right. he's an abomination. Like there's no trust level between Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins. He came in, took the job and said, thanks, but no thanks yeah. to a, to a hometown kid. Nonetheless, <laughs> a kid that grew up right in the area. A first round um, pick. They put in the guy who almost lost his leg. Seattle coming off a, well, they, you know, really gave it to the jets. They <laughs> really did. They really um, did. So I like this five and a half points here. I think they can easily win by a touchdown. Uh, you want to start with your pick? No, I need your second pick so I can plug second it in. Second pick. We're headed to, I don't know what they refer to this city as, Tennessee. Uh, we are going with the, the Titans tits. minus 10. The tits. Minus 10 and a half against the Matt Stafford. Oh, you're a No wonder what? I didn't mark it down because it's not on the board for me right now. <laughs> All right, you explain your first pick while I go find a second. All right, that is a bonus pick. That is a bonus pick. Take that straight up, Titans. All right, my pick number two, or my pick number one, it's the anti-bump. It's the Patriots plus two against the Dolphins. The anti-bump. I, I had a little uh, I had a little match with Tua. Right. Um. So here's the deal. This is what I know. Well, no, the bump, well, first off, the bump only... If I'm in the room. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's I'm not, saying. It's not a that, the bump is not just an individual thing. That's what I'm saying. So except Jamal Murray. I I, I trained him during the bubble, so that was more of why the bump he lost. <laughs> um so Patriots plus two, because there is no way that the Dolphins don't win this game by a field goal. There's no freaking every way. every simpleton in America with a phone in it's, their hand it's is their saying lock that of the right year. now. It's their lock, lock of, of the, the year. year. And it's it's Bill against a rookie quarterback, which he thrives. And it's like, oh, the Dolphins. It's Bill are... against a uh, – there's a stat out there for against this. Against former Bill coaches. Against... Yeah. The Patriots beat them earlier in the season. So they kind of – and I played Madden as the Dolphins against the Patriots in prep for Tua this week. The defense of the Patriots just matches up beautifully. I struggled all day. I couldn't do anything. They picked me off every freaking play. It's because they got Gilmore on one side. The Dolphins have no weapons, and they got a nice deep safety. That and the Patriots don't have a good run. D. Dolphins could literally hire me off the streets right now to run for them, even if Miles ba- Miles Baskin Gaskin oh, Fraskin is love back. that pick. Love that pick. My second pick, and we talked about it a little bit before the podcast. Over 51 in Fox game of the week, Patrick Mahomes against maybe Drew Brees, maybe Taysom Hill. I'm riding with that over in the Saints-Chiefs game. Why, you may ask, I have one simple answer for you. I think it could be fun. I, I that's, you know? that's what like, I wanted. Like, you want to root for a, a, the Chiefs offense. They can score in 12 seconds. 
The Saints can put up points too. This is just a fun bet. Listen, the over's going to hit or the under's going to hit. So you just got to pick one. It's literally 50-50. You might as well be on the entertaining side. I think uh, New Orleans defense gives them problems, but you can't give them problems, right? So that's the angle there. On turf, Mahomes in a dome. And then I think the Saints will score a lot of points as long as Drew is good good to go. So I like before it. you do your last pick. Before you do your last pick, for those listening, Jack and I bet on the under in the Knicks Cavs game tonight preseason. And God, do I love the We're Knicks! We're amazing. Seven points. Seven from points the half. in nine minutes in the third quarter. If you need an under, call the Knicks. It's not it's not home free yet because the Cleveland's still scoring a little, and hopefully in a blowout it doesn't get too lackadaisical. But uh, yeah, the Knicks are great. All right, pick number four. We're going to Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys are not as bad as you think. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. as good as you think, but they're not as no, bad. No, but, well, but that's the thing. They're not as good as you think, but no one thinks they're an ounce of good. So, well, you know what I so mean? it's not as good as I think. I think Dallas is like a, competent, a below average team, like a team that could any given week shock anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if because they had I, played much better against the Ravens, they could have beaten us. Like you just got, they just didn't play well, but they can play well. And oy, oy, oy. Um, I, you're lucky the Niners aren't a good. I'm team just either. pissed, yeah, because I watched Nick Mullins play. I don't know, it could be B third, it could be whoever. They're just Brethard. They're good and they're not good. Whatever. I'm going Cowboys money line. So that's my pick. My bookies, 33 to win a what? My boogies, people's parlay, Seattle minus five and a half, Pats plus two, over 51, KC, New Orleans, Cowboys money line, 33 to win, 506. Boom! Spend your cash already. Let's go. Let's Spend go. your cash. Right. Buy, a, uh, buy the shirt. Yeah, buy the shirt. Well, they can't see it, Abe, unless you're going to well, make, make a social. Maybe I'll make a clip of it. All right, there we go. Eagleson, hop in here. Let's close this part of the episode. After we talk to Eagleson, we're going to have Paul Rabel, the owner. Goat. Jackie Moon of the PLL and the MLL because he got that shit. He's got that shit in the back. My guy's got my. He's got a lead. Well, I guess this is. I, I was gonna say this, but I wouldn't have come out right because it sounds like it's a bad thing. But my guy's got L's all over. Yeah, the place. no, he's got. And we actually we talk about one L he took in particular. Yeah, he did take an L um, in regards to his PLL, but we got the bump coming for him, so that should change up soon. But what up, Jack Harlow Eagleson? How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Had a huge French test today. Ooh, oh, bonjour, bonjour, She kind of dropped it on us. About this? Like before, like right after, like the last episode we did. Then that's when she told us. So, I guess so you got screwed. Basically. You can't really drop a test on someone. A quiz, I get, but you can't. It do was a test. it was massive. Like it was longer than pretty much any exam I've had. It was over two hundred points. What? Huge. I mean, we don't so really know what that means. Two hundred that could be a, out of a million or out of two hundred and ten. <laughs> so that doesn't really help us, but I feel that big test. This is what so I'm saying. Pretty solid. I didn't actually finish it because it was so long. I'm finishing the rest of it tomorrow. They let us do that here. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> so you 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 went to the next page and looked at the questions, right? Oh, come come on! Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so so. Wait a second. If you knew that you weren't going to have enough time to do this test, why not just leave as many questions as possible Dude, available? Just be like, he's, he's got be it. Like, he's got it like, under control. Don't be worry. Be like, Madame, 
Did you know. not? Did you not have any? Te- I've had tests like that before, like four percent of all the tests I've ever taken, Abe. But you've never had something like that where they're like, "All right, you can finish tomorrow." I probably have, yeah. but like, so you have the rest of the answers, I assume, right? Yeah, I've I, I've been going through them here. I should be pretty good to finish. All right, give me. Tomorrow. Let's let's do a little studying. I uh, I took I French. took Spanish. I took French. So give right, me some I'll questions. I'll give rest. me some questions. Oh jeez. Like, you just said you've been going through yeah, them all right. to know the answer. He's been studying all night, doesn't remember anything. This is um, good prep. Like how would you, how would you conjugate like LA to pass a composé with ill? Like with ill? What's ill though? Like he. he. I'm he. ill. Il Ale. And that's to go, right? Yeah. Ale Ale. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is that what most of the test was? Conjugation? It, it was all over the place. It was basically everything that we've done so far in this semester. Like, we haven't had a test in French since, so it was a lot of stuff yeah. kind of piled up there. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Got to cool. talk to McPhee so, today. Saw him in the hallway. Guy? Asked him about the Eagles. And? I think he has a little bit of a crush on Jalen Hurts or something. So, guy's got a hoop earring and. <laughs> Going like this, like who doesn't have a, cr- a crush on him at this time? Oh my god! Time out. How did we not even talk Ravens? Uh. <laughs> I mean, even if it's not going to be my biases and and love fest for Lamar, let me go. The first. guy pooped Before- himself, and we're not going to talk <laughs> Thank about. Thank you. It. The guy he definitely did. Lamar. First off, when you shit yourself, there's nothing worse than someone that shits themselves and doesn't embrace it. Jack and I went on the airways. We gave our stories, yada, yada, yada. I even had people text me personally that said, did you see Lamar's waddle? That looked like you when you did it. I know that waddle and that walk from a mile away. There is not a single ounce of energy on this earth that can convince me that Lamar Jackson was not taking a poop. I just to miss that long of not game time but real life time like he was gone for like twenty plus minutes. That's that's that that's the weird part about it. My thing is, do you think he was sitting on the toilet with his phone, like, like looking at the game to cast? Push. And I have saw a take on this. Saw it's, and saw it's fourth down, and that Trace went was on Twitter and saw Trace went down, so he just like wiped and ran out there. Eagleson, what's or you your take? Little, or I you think, think there were just dingleberries <laughs> hanging out there for that Hollywood touchdown. I think he waited so he could sell the whole cramp thing. I think. Oh, I'm in. I think he was I'm done in. after you know I the normal am time. In Eagleson. Yep. Wait, what do you mean? I don't, I'm not buying it. No, not... I think I think Eagleson has a point. I think that Lamar let the Ravens get into a very shitty situation on fourth down. Yeah, that sounds just like so Lamar. He, yeah, just so he could make yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, game of the year. Game of the year. Lamar Jackson is so damn good it's at running at running disgusting yeah but that's the funniest part is like everyone's loving up on baker fourth and five comes in cold throws doesn't run for the first down throws a touchdown pass i I meant let me stop you there when he had very clearly had the five yards And you saw him cock back. Was there any part it happened too fast? But yeah, it was just... no, no. It actually that literally that thought registered in my head in that exact moment. Like, no, no, no. What are you doing? What are right. you doing? I was more so looking because Dobbins had to set a block for him to guarantee get the five. He would have gotten it, but uh, he made that. And then 
threw four straight completions, drove down the field in 52 seconds. And what did we talk about a month, six weeks ago? Justin Tucker is the best at his job in the world. There's no, no there's someone there, who did I bring up that I said he is the best at his job in the world. There's one kicker in the history of the game where you can confidently say, okay, I, I, I think he's in that clutch moment in the wind. Parky couldn't make a field goal. It was windy. <laughs> that guy is so impressive. It's insane. Like there wasn't a single ounce in your body that thought he was missing. No, there kick. was, but in that, but because you have to, because it's a fifty-five. Of course, yard, naturally. But like there was a confidence to it, which is disgusting to think about. No other right. team has it. even Jason Sanders. Who's I was gonna say Jason Sanders. I don't think he, he's not have, missed from fifty this year. I'm telling. I, that's fine, but he hasn't kicked in that environment. I'll take Young Hoku over Jason Sanders. Yeah, any exactly. Um, and then you know, there, there's a team in Baltimore that's getting hot. There's a team in Baltimore that's going to have to win five in a row and no one's going to want to see them because they got the MVP of the league and people are getting healthy. I don't know who they that don't have the is. MVP of the league last year. They do. No, he, Not this he, year. he's the reigning MVP of the league. He's he the, is the reigning if you look MVP. Up, here, let me do a quick Google search for you. No, I know. Oh, all, right. Oh, all right, fam. All right, fam. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we talk to PLL and MLL owner Paul Rabel. Oh, owner, CEO, 42nd best best player, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What up, fam? We are excited to welcome back Paul Rabel. If you didn't see the big news, there was some big news. We're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. That's just a teaser. Uh, but the last time we talked to Paul was right before you guys threw the tournament, right in the thick of COVID over the summer. It went amazing. I was watching the games on TV, which was awesome. The Whip Snakes beat Chaos. We won't mention where the Atlas finished in the league because that doesn't matter. We won our first game uh, in prime time. But talk, talk to me about the tournament. How'd that go for you? And, you know, what are the takeaways? Yeah. So from a league perspective, the tournament was awesome. Uh, there were zero COVID tests from July through uh, the midway point of August when we had our championship game. Um, the kind of lacrosse community and sports fans were really engaged. Our, our viewership, which was interesting, is there was a lot of conversation this uh, these last couple months around viewership of sports leagues during the pandemic because a lot of us were playing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. Um, and sports are used to primetime hours, Friday, Saturday, et cetera. So most of the leagues were down. We were up uh, close to 30% year over year. And our online streaming with NBC Gold was up 133% as well. So in year two, people were uh, taking notice of, of the PLL. And um, yeah, I think our production's awesome. And then, uh, and then sponsorship, we were able to sell out our advertising uh, for all the games on television. So from a business standpoint, with all of the challenges being in a pandemic, um, this was a win for us. So we were pretty excited about that. And then on the field, I mean, the competition was fierce. It felt like it felt like summer camp in a way, or like an, uh, like a mini Olympic village where everyone was living near each other, but we were all on separate floors as teams. But um, it was unique to all of us. So, you know, we had a week of training camp, blew it out, then boom, right into like back-to-back games. So we played like shit, which sucked. <laughs> um, yeah, our Atlas lacrosse club. So the team that I'm on, 
Um, but uh, but overall, the uh, the the event and the bubble uh, went really well. I'm curious about the bubble a little bit because you you hear people coming out of from the NBA bubble how it took a lot of toll on people's mental health and how it was hard to be there for such an extended period of time. How did the PLL players and the rest of your the rest of the league handle being in a bubble for an extended period of time? Yeah, I mean, I think what we were able to glean from some of the other leagues was that you've got to take care of the players in between practices and games. So we made sure that we invested more into having hot bars and cold bars for food um, five times a day versus just your three courses because these guys are out there grinding and sweating and uh, they need to be replenished. We also had like coffee bar stations set up and then late night food uh, areas as well. So it was like right on the, the, the margin of where people either get claustrophobic and fatigued of being in a bubble versus having a great time. Um, so I think, I think we were probably toward the, toward the side of having a great time. We also, uh, weren't there for three months, like the NBA there for four weeks. Uh Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, you're putting on a show for your players, outside of the show that you put on for the fans. And and that was a big, uh, that was a big focal point for us. Did it take you back to like your young days, like AAU and traveling for tournaments and just like buddying up in, in rooms and stuff and playing cards with your teammates? Yeah, that's how it felt. I mean, I, I wasn't doing that as much as some of my teammates. Um, you know, we, for, for us uh, veterans that play into your thirties, you're trying to like fight <laughs> bath and hop in a Norma tech after games right. versus uh, play cards and uh, and whatever else they were doing, doing eating uh, eating pizza. So uh, <laughs> I stayed away from some of that, more of the fun stuff. But it, uh, but I think that 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 was the vibe for sure. I was gonna say I grew up around a lot of lacrosse players. They know how to party. If we could have gotten some of that content, that would be premium content that the people would would definitely have paid for. Um, if we had more days off, you probably would have seen more parties. Exactly. All right. Exactly. It was hot too. We're in Utah. Yeah. Thick of summer, yeah. Last right? time we talked to you, you were driving in the middle of God knows where in the back of your packed truck, headed out, headed out to the bubble. Yeah. 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 Better connection this time <laughs> in that purple room of yours. <laughs> well, I was I was following the rankings for the top fifty guys Oof. that were coming out on Oof. social. And we got to have a conversation. Obviously, you know, you're the Jackie Moon, you're the Paul Rabel, you're the you're the player, the co-founder, the owner, all that stuff. How in the world, and I know you respect and you are always transparent and honest, but like to rank number 42 in your own league, who who made these rankings? How do they put you all the way back there? That, that's that's just <laughs> dirty. That's just wrong. And did they file for unemployment yet? <laughs> I mean, look, it's like uh, sports are cutthroat and it's a, what have you done for me lately type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was player voted um, and all of our players participated. And, you know, look, I think there's a, a combination of things at play. I mean, do I feel good about it? No, I've never been, um, you know, ranked at least in my time playing professionally for now 14 seasons um anywhere below a, a like a top 20 or top 10 ranking um but you know you 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 tend to take more stock in how your colleagues rank you um but if you look at the atlas i don't think we had anyone inside the top 20 and we have some world-class players so i mean we finished last 
Um, so, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. And from a context standpoint, it's, it's, it was a ranking related to this year. And, uh, and sometimes in sports, when you don't play well, um, the best thing to do is own it. And uh, otherwise you just really stress out and feel some shame around it. So, I mean, some of my best seasons have come off some of my worst seasons. And I'd imagine there's a lot of players that didn't make the top 50 that feel like they should. And then there's other players like me that feel like, hey, uh, you all know I'm better than this. And I missed the net a few more times than I would have liked to. Uh, otherwise, you'd have me in the top 10. Jack and I, um, we used to do a segment where we would because we like to make fun of the media, right? Because everything's for clicks and sports and like they just want to get people talking. So we do mm-hmm. this this segment every now and then where we pick an internet graphic that we find, like a rankings or something. We do, what the hell is this internet graphic? And we pretty much just take everything that the writers or the media wrote and just absolutely rip them and make fun of them for. So I think this week, our what the hell internet graphic is you being 42nd on the PLL top players list. I appreciate that, man. And you know what? I want your guys' opinion on this because – I feel like the social media platforms, specifically the Facebook platforms, so call it Facebook and Instagram, they have created new tools over the last few years that have basically propped up clout around trolling. Oh my God. You know, they're upvoting in the comments section. You're more likely to get upvoted when you talk shit. And what that's done, it's conditioned the, the audiences out there to be the first to talk shit. And then they're likely to get promoted up and potentially you know, have their clout or get followers. And it's just a, I think it's a, it's, it's like a, it's turned it into a bit of a cesspool. Oh my God. And you strip out a lot of integrity that you hope. I to mean, have. Jack, well, you have I, it in your DMs no, and Snapchat. No, I, every was day. Ju- I was going to answer what you just said with, I call the comment section on Instagram a cesspool as the exact <laughs> yeah. wording I use. It, what happened to Instagram, man? Instagram used to be great. It's, it's awful. They put, there's, when was the last time a friend posted on Instagram? Like, no one, it's just influencers, creators, like, it's it's a different yeah. platform. I, I do also think that COVID has layered on to right. everyone's having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, the last eight months have been terrible and we're all pent up. And when you get pent up, you feel aggressive and angry. And I think people are also unleashing a bit on social more. Uh, but I see it a lot more and feel a lot more on Instagram than anywhere else. But I'll say exactly what you said is like it's rewarding them. That's the dangerous part is, yeah, we might feel more aggressive, but it's also rewarding them. How are the comments on your guys' page? Because I feel like you guys have a super supportive community. We do, um, but I but I, we're also transitioning now. And, and we'll talk about the merger, the news day that you previewed at the start of the show, but you know, part of lacrosse for a long time is that it was a niche sport. It was growing, 2 million participants. We call it six to 10 million fans, but relative to legacy leagues, that's small. Mm-hmm. And so when you're small, you kind of lock arms and you, and you bind together. Um, as you grow, then all of a sudden, I mean, we hear NBA Twitter as a phrase pretty yeah. regularly, but as you grow, you create good versus evil. And like people pick sides and they talk a lot of shit and like, um, they hate growth and they want growth, but they despise mm-hmm. it. And it becomes really complex. So I think we're starting to transition there. So it is can be tough to stomach sometimes, but then you turn around and you look and you go, well, this is what we knew would happen if we were doing our job by promoting and growing the game at the, at the PLO. That's actually really interesting. I noticed that with some of our audience is like, they loved us when we were the small guy and the bigger you get, it's like, okay, you still have those core fans, 
but now it's like some of the haters come out and you gotta you gotta pick sides so do you know how you'll battle that how i mean i assume it has to do with this merger right it's the the wording in it was unite and unify which i really like so explain what happened explain the big news um but yeah. then i want to hear a follow everyone's on, on everyone's been on pins and needles <laughs> yeah. just just drop yeah. it yeah no it's exclusively dropping right now <laughs> yeah. um uh so so you guys know the background we started the pll in 2018 um mike and i who's my co-founder and older brother we were really forthcoming on the announcement being like hey look option one was to try to work with mll which had existed for 18 years before us and we tried to buy them we tried to figure out some form of MA. uh they were resistant to it we felt really bullish on professional lacrosse new media technology social stuff that we could do we had the bulk of the best players in the world under one-year deals all right so let's pick up and let's start from scratch that's what we did with the pll um, we had a successful first year. We talked about the success, successful bubble. During both off seasons, we've continued to have background conversations. All right, we're no longer pre-PLL launch, so what does a potential merger look like? And that's pretty common across industries. I think where we saw this one come to fruition here in 2020 is that, I mean, we're really uh, punching through expectations as a league. And that's from total followership, viewership, sponsorship, other forms of revenue like merchandise, what we were doing from pre-tickets, pre-sales for tickets before pandemic. So it became like, hey, take us seriously. We're two brothers. One's a player in your league. Uh, we want to buy you um, or we want to work together to now like, yeah, right, guys. Good luck. We started a league. We were successful. Oh, OK, got it. So. One, I don't blame them because it was pretty difficult to pull off what we did. Um, and two, it's just a, a better conversation when you have a business that's healthy and, um, and on an upward trajectory. So that was the difference between 2018 and now. Uh, we called a merger and announced it today. Um, basically, all business operations moving forward in seasons will be under the Premier Lacrosse League as part of the merger. We took on uh, for 2021, one of the founding teams in the Boston Cannons. So that takes our team total from seven to eight teams. There are five other teams in the MLL that we have the right to uh, expand with in the future. But I think what's gotten us here is a lot of like strategic and meticulous operations, considerations and investing. And we didn't want to, especially still in a pandemic, you know, merge and have another three mm -hmm. teams. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was prudent for us to do it this way. And then we have a path forward as that's being led by our transition team for MLL players to enter the PLL player pool and be a part of the expansion draft for the Cannons Lacrosse Club in 2021. So a lot still coming um, and more news will be in January. But the net of it is there's now one professional lacrosse league. It's the PLL. Um, and what's cool for, for fans out there is now we'll be able to bolt on the 20 years of MLL history to a lot of our storytelling programming so so let me ask for the casual fan including myself how much if any is there a competition difference or a skill level difference between the players that you already have in the pll and the ones that are already in the mll because when you hear when you think one league merging with another you think there's probably a drop off in talent on one angle it you find that it's going to be a more ta obviously more players more talent etc but is is the talent level the same right now in the MLL that it is the PLL? No, no. And I, I think like objectively the way, the way that we say that is if you look at number of 
international roster players in the PLL, number of all-stars of players who were formerly in MLL just two seasons ago, MVPs, champions. Uh, you know, we've got 180 players or so come over in 2019, play their first season, those players in, in 2020. We also had guys like Rob Pinnell, who had multi-year deals with MLL that couldn't play in our inaugural season, and Zach Courier, who are considered top 10 players in the world, come over last year. Lyle Thompson is a player who had a multi-year deal with MLL who's yet to play in PLL. So there are world-class players, certainly over in MLL, but if you look at like density, mm-hmm. and if we were to qualify a Team USA players, Team Canada players, Iroquois national players, former all-stars, um, that's where it's at. But uh, what we learn in pro sports is no different than the NFL or the NBA is, is you have guys every year that are either underrated or come from a max school or a lower tier division one, two or three school. And they just work their asses off and surprise everyone um, that's existed in the MLL when I used to play in it. And I think it'll be, uh, you know, a part of now this post merger where we'll see guys, I think have big impacts in the PLL in, in season three, they were just over in the MLL. So you guys are bringing over the Boston team initially, but do you plan on keeping the same blueprint that you've been going with, not making it geographically based, just doing these generic team names where you play all over the country and do that type of thing? Yeah. So uh, the Boston Cannons are going to be renamed Cannons Lacrosse Club. They're still going to have that Boston feel because they've been around for 20 years in Boston. Um, And we'll have uh, a a Boston presence in way of, you know, playing there in the 2021 season and being active in the community. Uh, But yeah, we think what's gotten us here this quickly is that tour based model where we know lacrosse is all over the country. So rather than make it exclusive to eight markets, right? Like let's open this thing up grow it commercially. And then as we continue to expand and see other revenue grow, let's consider going the city-based model. That makes sense. So I feel like we talked, you know, a few months ago, you were driving out for the bubble and now you've merged with another lacrosse league. This means that the PLL is the league, right? Like when you started this, it was, you knew there'd be competition. You were confident. And like you were saying, now you, it's not that you have a business, you have the business. You have the future of lacrosse in your hands. There isn't anyone that's now competing with you. There's no other league. So with that being said, what's the next five years look like? Are we talking multi-year deals for players? Because I know they're on the one year. Are we talking, we'll eventually get to, will Boston go back to Boston? You know, what's the future look like? Yeah. So one of the things that we changed out of the gates um, was that our players have multi-year deals. So it, it, it was always like, we always never really knew why MLL was signing one year deals. I could probably think through some, um, it was maybe some legal rationale as to why that they were doing that, protecting their business. Um, But yeah, the the first thing we did in, in 2018 and 19, we signed the players signing multi-year deals and guys have signed extended deals since then. Um, But what we look at for our business is we're entering season three with our media rights deal with NBC. We're going to drive like hell viewership and subscriptions again. Um, We're kind of looking down some really awesome opportunities for big sponsors in addition to those that we have to come on. Uh, So really growing revenue, right? Seeing increase in tickets, seeing increase in in merchandise based on affiliation to favorite teams and so on. Um, And then we have our youth business that we hope to get back uh, in a meaningful way post-vaccination. At a macro level, I think if you look at indicators of sports success, it's expansion. 
but we have to figure out what our sweet spot is. I, I think gone are the days strategically to rush to 30 plus teams mm-hmm. like the legacy. League. Like, what are you doing that for? In my opinion, in the NBA, people care about LA, New York, Chicago, like where the stars yeah. are and not disrespecting any of the markets. Cause OKC was a huge market when they had the best players. Right. Uh, but if you think about product density, where the revenue is, what the networks are pay- paying for, they're paying for, the Christmas games on M- during the NBA, playoffs, all-star, um, and then the rivalries. So if you can keep your, your, your league to complete density in competition, and whether that's 12 for us, 10, 16, we're going to figure that out. But that's a growth. And then the other area is, hey, if we are able to continue to see year-over-year interest in fans all over the country, there's probably a time where we turn on the spigot and go city-based. That makes sense. Uh, you mentioned NBA Twitter, and I'll leave you with this last question. We're talking about the future of, of the league. How do we get to the point where you do establish rivalries? You do get people whose jobs it is to tweet, you know, Woj and Shams, right? They're tweeting about contracts. Like, I kind of want to hear, you know, how much is, I know it's probably more complicated with you, but how much are the top players in the league making, you know? And I think that is really key because growing up, I knew a lot of MLL players. They're also working other jobs. And these guys, they can still work other jobs right now. But, like, can we get the top 10 players so now kids grow up and they're like, I want to play in the PLL, sign a five-year, you know, $2 million deal. Uh, how, yeah. how do you foresee, like, people kind of gaining that feeling about the league? Yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly right. So sports trade on two things when it comes to entertainment. It's visibility. So being on NBC every week mm-hmm. is like, that's fame. And like people, whether they say it or not, they like to chase fame. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And like athletes want to be on the big screen. Until they have it. Until they have it. <laughs> Until they have it. Exactly. But I remember being at a college Final Four my sophomore year in college and seeing my former – a teammate who was a senior when I was a freshman hit the jumbotron at MNT after he scored. And I remember thinking, damn, if I can be on the jumbotron one day, wouldn't that be great? And and so, so that's one TV exposure. And then the other way to trade is contracts. And so if you look at the NBA that has seen a rise in both exposure and that's across television, social, et cetera, and contracts, they're like the gold standard. If you look at a league like Major League Baseball, where outside of the playoffs, people don't really see those athletes much, but the contracts are gigantic. So they're able to continue to stay as that like, you know, extreme destination for young athletes. So we'll get there. I know we have NBC now. Um, We're seeing, uh, you know, our our players uh, more and more take on full-time positions in professional lacrosse because we comp them better than the other league did we give them health care and we give them stock options in the business. And that's different than these other leagues. Our players have equity in the PLL. So, um, so yeah. And then, and then to answer your question, I, I think um, storylines can be manufactured, but the best ones are organic. You know, guys are starting to talk more shit, especially to each other. We're seeing rivalries happen yeah. and that happens as wages uh, increase as well as, inventory gets more scarce. So I would imagine now with this flood of MLO guys, who are going to go after fewer roster spots too. Guys are going to grip a little bit harder um, and that'll lead to some more tension. But, you know, 101 in, in sports promotion is looking at a boxing card. 
right? Mm-hmm. There's just so much talk, so much talk, yeah. so much talk. I have millions of pay-per-views to sometimes watch 30 seconds in the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. You guys, and a lot of the other leagues are doing this too, you guys this year really embrace sports gambling because that's yeah. the that's the direction that all the leagues are going. I mean, you saw it on Monday Night Football with the Ravens and the Browns where you have that crazy play at the end that ends up the Ravens covering the spread. Five minutes later, that was the first thing Scott Van Pelt was talking about on ESPN. So do you yeah. foresee the the PLL continuing to embrace sports gambling in that sense and talking about lines and what's happening while literally on the broadcast and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think sports betting, they call it gaming, is the future. Right. Um, and as it becomes more and more adopted by states all over the country legally to bet in those states, uh, you'll see more money being exchanged between – uh, the gaming operators like a DraftKings or a FanDuel, an MGM, to the sports properties and the networks, and networks are cutting deals now, which basically means one thing. Not only will you see um, more emphasis on gaming, but you're going to see more lines and betting odds live in the broadcast. Right. Um, and so that's where the the money and the interest actually lies. Gaming operators have cut deals with leagues over the past several years. And that's ramping up. But once they figure out the path into broadcast and there's full alignment between network league and a DraftKings or network league and a points bet, then then you see like a really strong marriage. And that's where additional eyeballs can go to the PLL. Um, and then that carryover earn media to a Scott Van Pelt, et cetera. Right. Like they didn't even mention the spread on the broadcast. And anyone who's watching that last play is either Cleveland and Baltimore fan or someone who had money on the game. Abe and I have yeah. points bet before. Points betting a lacrosse game in the PLL would be unbelievable. Electric. We would do it because it's the fastest game. The odds, the lines, they change so quick. Yeah. So once you figure that out, that's going to be spectacular. Well, you, so you have the Ravens game where people are going to watch because it came down to the wire. But what gaming also does is it keeps people watching right. when the game's already right. over, mm-hmm. right? And and that is is has a huge trickle-down positive impact to the network who gets money from the advertisers so that viewers can watch the whole game and they don't flip it off because there's a 30-point deficit, as well as just like overall viewership. So people are staying on because – they don't really care about the game. They care about the OU being hit. Right. right. As someone who, and I, I work in sports gambling, so I see this all the time, and I think leagues are foolish. And they're starting to finally embrace it, but they're foolish not to just fully embrace sports betting for what it is. Like, have your broadcasters talk about it on the broadcast. If you want to offer, I mean, you finally see, like, ESPN's launching a, a daily wager show. But yeah. why aren't why aren't the announcers talking about the first touchdown score of a game and what the price was and the odds on that? Like it's only the more you put it out there, the more money that keeps flowing in with it. And I think you guys did a great job with that last season and NBC and will continue to do as you guys grow and expand. Yep. Awesome, Paul. Well, we appreciate it. Congratulations on this. I mean, I grew up watching the MLL, so to be talking to the man who just kind of, you know, merged with them isn't too isn't too bad. But I actually grew up. <laughs> I went to a few. Was is are they the MLL or the NLL? The Philadelphia Wings. They're they're the indoor league. Yeah, they're the National indoor league. League. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I grew up going to a few of those games. Nice. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a it's been a crazy journey these last uh, thirteen years playing professionally, um, took a big risk, lost a lot of money, uh, primarily from my sponsors who were tied to the MLL when we broke off. 
and started the PLL. Um, again, wanted to start the restart the MLL, couldn't do it, went out on our own, and then it figured it out two years later. So um, there's hope out there uh, for all the, the young, ambitious entrepreneurs that, that want to put their nose to the grindstone and figure shit out. Seriously. Wait a second, Jack. I just thought of something. <laughs> totally forgot about this. So there's this little thing. There's this little thing. Well, once we have a guest on, we're going to have to take like every guest we have on, we have to take credit for something. Yeah, no, I, because that's just it, it how ran, we roll. It ran through my head. It ran through. My so head. there's this thing called the snapback bump um, where you call it started with Austin Eckler, the running back of the Chargers. He came on in like January and then literally a month later after the episode drop, he signed like a twenty five million dollar contract direct correlation to coming on the podcast. And listen, I'm just putting the pieces together here, but we had you on right before um, this past season, and now we're merging with the MLL. So that's just the bump at work and your hard work. Sloan, so. Sloan will get you back on the next time you need something good to happen is what and it yeah, is. Yeah. You guys, are you guys taking points off, off these bumps or not? Well, we have Venmo. And, we have uh, Venmo, yeah. We'll share that info. <laughs> Right. Appreciate it, Paul. It works. Man, I'll take whatever I can get. Remember, I'm a professional lacrosse player. <laughs> so, me all the juju. The 42nd best in the world right now. We're gonna the yeah. bump. The bump's yeah. gonna get you up there. I hope so. That that's that's what we'll bet on the bump getting me this time next year when we hop back on. Boom. All right, man. Fair enough. All right, Paul. Thank you so much. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And uh, good luck with everything. Appreciate you guys.